Hey, it's Garbage Brain University. I'm Drew Toothpaste. I'm Nally D. And today we're talking... Cowboys. The rootin' tootin' boys of the Old West, maybe the new. Natalie, what are cowboys? That's your first cowboy fact. That's what they say. Natalie, what are cowboys? Uh, cowboy is an animal herder who tends cattle on ranches in North America. They traditionally would do so on horseback and they often perform a multitude of other ranch-related tasks. And ranches are in the West. Uh-huh. Why is that? It's flat. There is vast expanses of grass and shit like that, where you could have your cows eat grass. Like, there isn't anything like that, really, on the East Coast. Too bumpy, too many trees. Mm-hmm. So you could just let your cows out. That's the thing that's always mystified me about ranches and cowboys and that whole arena. You just let the cows go. They yeah. just walk. They just go as far as they want. And then you kind of have to go and round them up because they could go anywhere. I mean, if they're literally just in the outside. Yeah, they go wherever they want. They're basically just limited by the speed in which they travel, right? Yeah, but they're also like herd animals, so they're going to stay with the herd, and the herd's going to stay wherever they got grass. Like, they're not going to go to Costco or something. <laughs> See? <laughs> they have some great deals there. Right. <laughs> you can basically let the cows out, and then they will all stay together, so when you find the cows, you found all of them. Yeah, or maybe there's like a couple that are just like stragglers, and you gotta get those guys. Like, Come on, guys, get with the rest of the cows. Dumb dumb. That's what that's what yippee means. Oh, is it? <laughs> I don't know. I... <laughs> so a shepherd is basically a sheep cowboy. Uh-huh. So a cowboy is a cow shepherd. Yeah, or you could call him a sheep boy. I was going to say is why don't you call a cowboy a cowherd? Because then that would also be gender neutral. Well, I mean, people weren't really too concerned with it back because this was an industry that ended like a really long time ago. Oh, it's gone? Yeah, people aren't really cowboys anymore. Because when we were kids, you used to say mailman. Uh-huh. And then at a certain point, like as soon as Murphy Brown came on TV, they were like, Mailman or male woman. Mm-hmm. And then finally, it's male carrier. Yeah, male carrier. Which makes a lot more sense anyway, because it's not a person with a deep interest in mail. <laughs> They're just carrying it. Right. <laughs> so the cowboy uh-huh. is one of the more evocative words in the English language. Right. When you say cowboy, I see... A litany of sights, sounds, tastes, and smells. I feel like I can smell the dry grass of the plains and the cows. Just that animal, oily smell with cow shit. Because uh-huh. cow shit is, it's a specific smell, but it really, as far as animal shit goes, it's one of the better smelling right. shits. Right, it's one of the better shits. Uh-huh. And they're like pretty solid. I really want a cow. <sighs> I wish I had one. I really do. <laughs> I would I would be such great friends with it. What would be your cow plans? And what kind is there a kind of cow? Can you get a dwarf cow? I want dwarf cow would be fine. I want one of the shaggy cows. I don't know if dwarf cow is real. By the way, I just I was the assuming. shaggy cows. I don't think they get real huge. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, but I think they're called Highland cattle. They are cute as buttons, little noses. I love them. So I want one of those, and then we'll save the poop. You could put it on your garden. I, it is. It's really good for that. You take it. You got to compost, mm-hmm. right? And maybe we can milk it. Maybe free milk. Can't beat that. I don't really. I don't drink. <laughs> I don't drink milk. I don't We'd drink have. Milk it would be really. 
It would be really funny if we bought a cow and then our whole life turned into just dealing with these enormous mounds of cow cow shit. And we were always sick from chugging milk constantly because the cow gets fucked up if you don't milk it. Right, but you, we would make cheese. We would be mega fucked up from eating a pound of cheese every day. You could sell the cheese. We could be rich on cheese. <laughs> Because you know what? People fucking love cheese. They <laughs> Maybe do. this is a million dollar idea is our artisanal cheese. Maybe a million dollar idea is to get a single livestock <laughs> and to make a million dollars worth of cheese. From <laughs> well, now listen, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get a farm. It's going to be a pot farm. So we're talking Oregon, mm-hmm. California, yeah. Washington, wherever, Maine. Sign me up. Uh-huh. I'm down. We're going to get a farm. We're going to have a pot farm. We're going to get cows, and then we're going to feed the cows all of the waste material from growing weed. Yeah. Yeah. And then we will sell it, and we'll be like, this cheese was made with weed. Oh, it would- Weed cheese. (laughs) And then, you know how some cheeses are smoked? We'll put the cheeses in a a smokehouse and smoke it with weed. Oh, my God. This actually is a million dollar idea. <laughs> Garbage Brain University. M- million dollar idea. The real People love smoked. cheese. People love weed. The real smoked cheese. That's right. Made with real cows eating weed. You know the sales pitch. Somebody says, is this cheese smoked? And you just go, smoke what? <laughs> Right. <laughs> you take the flowers off the plant. You feed the whole thing is a giant bush. Uh-huh. And hemp is edible. Uh-huh. You can eat hemp seeds. They make smoothies with hemp leaves. Uh-huh. The cow would definitely eat it. We can't even eat grass and they eat that. Right. That is that's a great idea. And then we would sell the weed too. I d- yeah, and, I and didn't we even would, we would give it you know how sometimes people people say that weed is like cheese, like they have the cheesy weed. Oh yeah. We would make that kind of weed and then it would be like our brand would be like the cheese weed. Yeah. Or you could have cheese weed or weed cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and then like at Christmas time you can get a special pack that has both. Is <laughs> 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 a gift set. <laughs> Our million, our million dollar idea is selling nine hundred eighty thousand dollars worth of weed. <laughs> we round it up with the cheese, twenty grand worth of cheese, baby. That cheese is gonna. People love cheese. Cheese made with cows eating weed. Like there wouldn't be any THC in that weed, so people could eat that all day, all the time, on their burgers at lunchtime and their omelets. Those are the first two things that came to mind. <laughs> I just thinking all the different times a day you can eat cheese. I'm, I think the, what do you think the most common way is for Americans to eat cheese? I would say pizza. I don't eat cheese that much. I don't like cheese. A lot of people eat a lot of pizza. Now we're not big pizza eaters here. And I find that if I eat a lot of cheese, it's just not, it's not good for my whole system. But some people eat pizza every day. Uh And I've seen multiple people Online, I saw a documentary about a guy who only eats pizza. I've heard of people that only eat pizza. I've known of people with food aversions where pizza is one of like five or six foods they'll eat. Mm -hmm. I think these cows would make delicious cheese that would go on any pizza. Right. Tombstone, Red Baron. With the weed cheese. 
freshetta. You go, you get some cheese weed, and then you get stoned, and then you order a pizza with weed cheese. It's brilliant. How could you not make a million dollars? I I almost made a million dollars just talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) So who would take care of our cows? Me, I would love them. I would pet them and kiss them. Little buddies. I love them. (laughs) Feed them an apple. I bet you they like it. Would would you be able to get them back to the corral? Would you be able to say hee-ah and go on out of here and stuff? I think we wouldn't have them free range on the plains. They would be in our yard of our farm. And so I wouldn't have to tell them anything. They would go in the barn because they would want to be dry when they would be sleeping. Oh. They would want to be warm when they were sleeping. So we would just have a fenced-in yard. Yeah, that's what they call it, farm. (laughs) Animal farm. You've heard about animal farms. (laughs) I guess a farm is just a type of fenced-in yard. Yeah, (laughs) It's a very big yard with lots lots more pets in it. Uh, My mind is blown. I don't know if it's... (laughs) I don't know if it's this cheese I ate earlier or what, but... Natalie, who invented the cowboy? The word cowboy was derived from the word vaquero, which is a Spanish word for somebody who is like a cattle manager. And a vaquero would ride around on a horse and be like, hey, cows, come over this way, right? That word came from the word vaca, which means cow. And vaquero is like... One who deals with, with vodka. Yeah, 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 the cow. The okay, cow guy. is that somebody who dresses in like a leather with a fringe and denim and stuff, or let's, was let's it? Let's what one looks like. Very cowboyish, but his hat is more sombrero like. And yeah, and his clothes are are fancy in a different way. Like he has lots of buttons. That guy looks like he is a ceremonial vaquero. And he has... What's the, what's the people who play the music? Mariachi. He, it kind of looks like a mariachi outfit. And that is where the idea of the cowboy came from. The first time anyone said the word cowboy in English was Jonathan Swift in the 1700s. Oh, really? Uh, in 1725, he used the word cowboy in reference to a boy who was taking care of cows. Okay, and then that's just what they started calling all of them. Mm-hmm. So I guess in England, they... Did they not have cows in the same way as we have in North America? They Cowboys perform a specific task, and I don't think that the task that they perform is performed in England. They have shepherds there. But those guys just kind of take their sh- animals out into the grass to eat, and then they bring them back home. Really, they had to invent a new word. Now, I had no idea. I just assumed it was an... It was an ancient word derived from cow and human. Right. <laughs> Cowboy, as an adult person who handles cattle as a, as a job, was a term that was developed by the mid-1800s. And there's also cow hand and cow poke that came around at the same time. Okay. And is, do they mean the same thing? Uh, cow hand does. A cow poke... Um, is someone who specifically specializes in poking cattle with a stick to get them to go. Okay. I was, I, he's a specialist. Uh, he specializes in poking as opposed to like riding on a horse and driving him. So all of it is, all of this is very literal. This is a <laughs> yeah. very uh-huh. utilitarian use of language here. Uh-huh. I like it. Yeah. Um, there's also the term buckaroo, which 
is just like a Englishized version of the word vaquero. Oh, very clumsily uh-huh. Englishized too. Uh-huh. People started being cowboys. It started in Mexico, the vaqueros, right? Uh-huh. And they would have to push their cattle to be sold. They would always be pushing them north. And eventually they were crossing the Rio Grande with it. People in the United States started doing the same kind of stuff. And they were influenced by the vaqueros that were coming up from Mexico. From Mexico, yeah. And prior to uh, the 1840s, you know, Texas and New Mexico and a lot of the Southwest was Mexico. Yeah, right. Well, this, a lot of this stuff was happening in the like the early 1600s. And so it was like the dominant thing that was going on in Texas when white folks showed up. Wow. Okay. Like people doing cattle, driving cattle and selling them and eating them. Why? Well, yeah, it never occurred to me that you know, Western style cattle ranching and cattle grazing and stuff was happening prior to European culture that shows you just how biased our education is right. that we <laughs> we didn't learn about what was going on in Mexico like before it before it got turned into I Texas. I mean, there's a reason that they fought for Texas, right? Because the Mex- the Mexican people were doing shit up here. Yeah. They wanted it because they were doing shit with yeah. it it's not like it was just some something where they were just being petty You're like we're not using it for anything no one's up there well it what it, it <laughs> but we still don't want you to have it no like it, they were like had cattle and stuff there they had like economic interests there and shit you know the fact that texas is large swaths of texas if you drive through it are predominated by cattle ranches the fact that there's so many cattle ranches in texas makes it obvious that it was perfect for cows right cow town Cows love it. Don't they have like, I mean, are there are there wild cows? Did we learn about cows already? I think we did. English people coming over and vaqueros, like as they started interacting, then the cultures started melding. And then the mix of English culture and the vaquero culture is what made cowboys. I love it absolutely that cowboys are so inextricably linked outside of America if you were to ask, and, and I mean, I've never been to Europe because uh, I'm American. I speak one language. I know nothing but don't have passport and lie. But <laughs> let's say if you went to Hungary and you said, like, tell me about American, they the first thing they would say is yeehaw. They would say McDonald's Cowboys. Yes, exactly. So the fact that that was Mexican culture and that we moved in, we took a big chunk of Mexico, and we said, yeehaw, that's us now. <laughs> now I'm the cowboy. We're nothing but buckaroos. <laughs> now we're just the buckaroos. <laughs> did you know that 25% of cowboys were black? I did not. They accounted for 25% of workers in the range cattle industry between the 1860s and 1880s. They estimate between six and 9,000 workers. And so, again, you see what happens when you have this predominant culture. It's just they paint Jesus as a white man. They paint a cowboy as a white man. Right. There was like a large proportion of cowboys were not white. Part of the reason was that there was like a lot more, like they were treated better and they were treated with more equality in terms of like getting paid and things like that. And so it was like a very popular thing to go into is to go west and to be a cowboy if you were, if you were like 
emancipated. Yeah, I would imagine. Okay, so what do cowboys do? They have a couple of different things they do. One thing they do is called a roundup. And that's when y'all go and get all the cows together. Round them up. You round up all the cows. Here's why you do it is because you need to get them all in one place. You need to get the babies. And you need to make sure all your cows are doing all right. When all of these cattle ranchers let all of their cattle out, there's more than one rancher. And so all the cows get mixed up. Oh, they brand them. When they have the roundup. It's like the cowboys are going around and they're going and they're going through all the cattle and all the cattle that belong to their ranch. They pull them out and they bring them back. Mm-hmm. And when they do this, they get all the babies and brand them because you need to brand on them so you can claim your cow, right? They also would be like, oh, this cow needs its foot kissed or something, whatever. <laughs> you know, whatever kind of shit they need to have happen to them. This one needs an extra pet. <laughs> this one's looking a little cute. <laughs> I mean, all the, st- all the standard things that happen to animals in nature. Yeah, right. You know, they need kisses. Right, little noogie on their old head. Little, just a miniature like a noogie. Baby, baby noogs. <laughs> <laughs> the main kind of cattle they would have back then were longhorns. And they were descended from the Spanish longhorns that were imported in the 16th century for the vaqueros. Towards the end of the cowboy thing, they started having Hereford cattle also. But it was Herefords that were crossbred with longhorns, typically. They would do their roundup. And it was real rough because you had to have horses that were really good at zigzagging in between all the cows. So you can like figure out and like see all of them, look for all their marks on them and all that kind of shit. And that's hard because horses are hard animals to control. Yeah. They get scared. They kind of start and spook and buck you off. Well, the other thing is that it was so much running around with with all the cows and stuff that each cowboy would need to have three or four horses a day because their horses would get worn out. And so oh, they would really? have to bring a hor- their horses back and, and get a new horse and refresh their horse. Now, that's surprising. I always thought that a cowboy had their horse, like they had Trigger or whatever, whoever their their special horse was. No, and they, they had like a, a lot of horses. It's like less romantic even than, than you would think knowing that it's not romantic. <laughs> Yeah, they would also do horse roundups and round up wild horses and then tame them because they needed so many horses all the time. So it was so being a cowboy was not functionally just about the cows. You also had to create your own stock of horses because you were always wearing your horses out. Yeah, <laughs> you're running them into the ground. <laughs> you know, make horses like they used to. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we just why don't we just shortcut this process, milk the horses and make the horses eat weed? <laughs> what if we made the horses eat the cattle that were raised on weed? What if we just <laughs> And then we use them to make hot dogs. What if we just Yeah. <laughs> Let's just food chain the whole process. Use them to make hot dogs and then feed them to the cows. As you <laughs> I like that as the I like the idea that as humans being apex predators, we're at <laughs> we're at the top of the food chain. The food chain goes cow, horse, hot dog, human. We're gonna feed the hot dogs to the cows also. So there's a feedback loop in there that yeah. starts getting really really complex. <laughs> so if you had cow it, weed, yeah, 
horse, hot dog, cow, horse, hot dog. The whole, <laughs> you've got the horse, hot dog, cow loop. I want to know what builds up in there. There's going to be something that builds we up. We need to find out. That's why we have to do it. <laughs> what will happen? We'll keep doing it. I don't think the horse would eat burgers. The horse. Hot dogs? You know what a horse would. No, I thought you were turning the horse into hot dogs. I think if you gave a burger to a horse, even a cowboy's horse that's riding the range, <laughs> you have the light fluffy bun. You have the juicy seared patty uh-huh. that's still tender inside. The horse would do one of these like, <laughs> he would do one of those because it would confuse him. And I think he would use his lips because horses have those, those big kissers, those big <laughs> floppy lips that seem almost prehensile. I think the horse would use its lips to delicately remove the bun from the burger and eat the bun. Well, what if you hid the burger in a bunch of carrots? I don't think they would do it. I think. What if you took a bunch of carrots and hollowed them out and filled them up with hamburgers? I think we would get them then. <laughs> gotcha. No. <laughs> that is a good idea. Tired of your horse not eating hamburgers? <laughs> How are you supposed to do your experiment where an important part is the horse eating the cow part? <laughs> Introducing carrot is the burger. Your grumpy neigh boy loves carrots, but hates burgers. Tired of your horse picking the bun off with its weird prehensile lips? Carrot is the burger. Fed up with your horse ruining your scientific experiment? (laughs) Is your horse not respecting the scientific method? (laughs) Very important part in this food chain is him eating the hamburger. We've all been there. Your horse refuses to participate in a feedback loop involving his meat. (laughs) We can feed the horse weed also. You would have to disguise the weed as a carrot. (laughs) They would eat the weed as it is, I think. You think so? They eat grass and stuff. Oh, horses do? Yes. I thought they just ate oats. Grass is oats. Oh, oats Oats is the grass. Okay, what else is these cowboys up to? Let's find out. The main name of the game with cowboys was the cattle drive. The reason they were out there was for the cattle drive. It would take a couple months every time they would do it. Prior to the 1850s or so, people who raised cattle would have meat for themselves and then they would sell surplus meat locally to people who lived around them and as people started ranching in texas and in the southwest it moved to a thing where they were raising the cattle there and then transporting them to market what they would need to do in order to make this work is they would have to round up all their cattle and take them from texas or california or wherever the fuck they were, and take it all the way to the closest spot where the railway is. Okay, and then they have to push the cows onto a boxcar or something. Yeah. In 1867, the cattle shipping facility was in Abilene, Kansas. And so they would have to drive their cattle all the way to Kansas. Oh, they. Uh, when you say drive, 
you mean they just have to do hee-yaw yes. and basically harass the cattle until they walk forward to Kansas. Yes. Like from Texas. So this could be hundreds of miles. Thousand miles, yeah. Thousand miles. Okay, wow. So it's a long walk for those cows. There wasn't even really a big demand for beef prior to when they started ranching. Oh, really? Beef was not something that people ate very often. Like if they had a cow, that was it was more advantageous for them to have a milk cow and then raise smaller animals to kill for meat. And then hunting. Hunting game would have been a large source of, right. of meat, yeah. Eventually, in the mid-1800s, the price of cattle started going up, and so they were able to sell it to northern markets for 40 bucks a head. And so they started driving cattle to the train station to send them out to where they could sell the cows for that much. The first cattle drive from Texas to the, near, to the nearest railhead was in 1866. And it was a team of Texas ranchers who all banded together to drive all of their cattle up there together. But the first time they did it, there were farmers in Kansas who were like, huh, any of those cows that come over to my land, we are going to shoot your cattle because it's our land. We can't have your cattle on it and your cattle are going to bring diseases to my cattle. Oh, I didn't think about that. So they would have... I mean, it was all chopped up into farms already at yeah, that point. Yeah, and so they never made it to the railroad. They had to turn back. Oh, no. Because people wouldn't let them through. But then they built the cattle shipping facility in Abilene in 1867, and that became, like, the main hub for shipping your cattle out. They went from shipping 36,000 head of cattle the year they opened to half a million head of cattle within 10 years so that's when people really started beefing out right they're like oh beef is obviously superior once people taste the beef right they're like i gotta get more of this i i'm i'm beef head now and then i could <laughs> but you can see you can see the arc once it becomes available to a small extent People try it and they're like, wow, this is great. And then the price goes way up. And then once the price goes way up, suddenly people find a way to bring a supply to market because the demand is so high. Right, right. Theoretically, you can drive a cattle. Yeah. <laughs> Theoretically, you can drive cattle 25 miles a day. But if you did that, your cows would get too skinny. Oh, and any animal that is eating grass has to eat a tremendous amount uh -huh. of grass because it's so fibrous and there's so little nutritional value. Uh -huh. So how far do they actually get to walk? So they couldn't do 25 miles because if they did that, then when they would show up, their cows would be too skinny and they wouldn't get paid for them because this, this is a pounds of meat game. So it's just like the people at the end of Naked and Afraid. Right. No one wants to buy those guys. You buy them at the beginning of Naked and Afraid. <laughs> they eventually landed on about 15 miles a day and they would take a break at midday and in the evening for the cows to stand around and eat. It took roughly two months to travel from your home ranch to the railhead. Wow. But that was all, if you got $40 a head, how many cattle would you have with you? About 3,000. 3,000? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, may, I, I thought maybe you could bring 100 with you. On average, they would have a herd of cattle that 
numbered about 3,000 head. And an uh, average crew would have 10 cowboys. And then they would need to have at least three horses per cowboy. Uh-huh. And they would also have a cook. And the cook would be in charge of the truck wagon and the oxen associated with it. Then they would also have to bring a horse wrangler, which the horse wrangler was in charge of the remuda, which is a herd of backup horses. If each cowboy has an average of three horses, that means you've got to have a bunch of horses also traveling with you. Mm -hmm. But horses are not cows. They got to be harder to handle. Well, there also would be like 30 horses compared to 3,000 cattle. So there's like a much smaller number of horses. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but 3,000 cattle, $40 a head, you, you're going to return home with $120,000. That's a large amount of money today. Back then, that would have been unbelievable. Well, they would have to take care of all those animals. But They'd they're just... pay out all their employees. Yeah, but people back then didn't make any money, and then the damn cattle just eat grass that they find that's on the ground. <laughs> yeah. So... It's looking like mostly profit. Here you go, boys. Here's your dollar a day. <laughs> Back when an omelet was five cents. <laughs> omelet with weed cheese and weed cow fed by horse hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> when cowboys would be driving their cattle, it would be a 24-hour day job. And so they would have to work in shifts and watch the cattle overnight and make sure that no one was going to steal their cattle and make sure nothing was going to happen and make the cattle stampede, etc., etc. Eventually, in the 1880s, they invented barbed wire. Oh. And when that happened, they were suddenly able to confine their cattle in a designated area and prevent overgrazing. And so ranchers started to take their land and parcel it off and then just move their herd from parcel to parcel. Also in the 1880s, there was a really bad winter where cattle were not able to find forage and tons and tons of cattle died in that period, which led to that particular cattle industry collapsing. And so the combination of that storm and the invention of barbed wire kind of changed the way that people were farming cattle. In addition, in the 1800s and 1890s, they started expanding the rail lines because people were starting to move west more. Uh-huh. And as they moved rail lines closer, they didn't need to drive the cattle anymore. Oh, so it used to be you'd have to drive them for days and days, and then instead you would drive them 10 miles up the road to the rail hub. Then you'd right, right. put them on the car and you'd get your money. So there was no more of the driving cattle and having to do all that shit. There was no more roundups because the cattle were all where they were supposed to be. And there was no more driving cattle because the rail line wasn't a thousand miles away. The traditional, the vaqueros operated for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. When the Europeans came in, originally people didn't want cow. Then they finally tasted cow and then they wanted cow. But there was, from what you're saying, only 30 or 40 years when cowboys were really at the height of their operation. I thought that they lasted a much longer time. There were small cattle drives into the 1940s, but they were not like they were before. And they were just moving them to local railheads. So the cowboys who were involved in those operations 
were not guys who lived alone and spent most of their time traveling across the country with a bunch of dudes by themselves. So it made it more like a job that you could do without having it be like your entire life. Because you basically would have to commit to being a cowboy back then. Like you were living in a part of the United States that was not particularly populated. Like Mm -hmm. back then there just wasn't very many people out there. Yeah. And you had to be with the animals 24 hours a day for a lot of it. And just moving at a snail's pace through land that is, like, obviously extremely underdeveloped because you have to go a thousand miles to hit the rail line. And so you have to be, like, someone who's, like, I'm going to be, like, a guy outside by myself. I'm a loner. It's a lonely life. No, it really is. That's not on some bullshit, like... In your live journal bio, you say you're a loner. That's mm-hmm. This is some real introvert shit. Right. And so there was like a whole cowboy culture that was going around back then. And it was like a mix between frontiersman style and like a little bit of Victorian style. And so they had that chivalrous cowboy thing going on. What is that? Like, howdy, ma'am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, take your hat off. Right. Well, I was not aware there was a woman here. <laughs> right. It was like a very, like, old, like, down-home, like, chivalry, like, whatever the fuck. But also, it, like I said, it was, like, extremely isolated and extremely lonely, and it was, like, mostly dudes. And so they didn't see ladies very often, and so obviously they would be a little bit like, oh, hello, ma'am. <laughs> they were, like... Redditors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, also, the job was extremely dangerous. You know, one of the things, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but my main game, I'm not a gamer, but my main game is poker. And so I've played video poker for a very long time. Uh, I mean, I remember my dad had had video poker on the computer. I remember he would obsessively play it. And I had, I was going through old family photos one day, like in an old shoebox, going through some old 35 millimeter photos. And there's like photos of the family, blurry photos of the cat. And there's a photo of an Apple II screen. And it says, you got straight flush. <laughs> like he, he took a fucking screenshot in like 87. He's right. like, I got a fucking straight flush. Right. <laughs> I'm good at this. <laughs> I I play poker. It's it's really my main game. I always come back to it. And one of the most solid things about playing video poker, whether you're playing World Series of Poker on Facebook or you're playing Poker Stars, it's like all old dudes. It's like guys that are named like uh, Dale. Yeah. Yeah, Dale Chevrolet. (laughs) And then there'll be somebody will come in and their name will be like Sultry Sarah. And then all the dudes will be like, and a good morning to you, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) How does the morn treat my lady? (laughs) They'll all like fall over each other. Like they're just in the poker room by themselves. And then as soon as a lady avatar walks into the ring, they all straighten up and they're like, <clears throat> hello. <laughs> it's Do you just, get flustered when you see a lady in the poker room? I don't, but I'm used to talking to women. I don't want to brag, but <laughs> it's just, to me, it's just another day. <laughs> you haven't seen a man in months. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Except for when you're brushing your teeth. (laughs) 
I might get flustered if I see some. See a guy. <laughs> hey there, sir. <laughs> Ooh, hey. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, it's been a while. <laughs> Making me a little nervous here. <laughs> Take our shirts off. It's going to be Dudes Gone Wild. We'll make a DVD. <laughs> well, uh, no, there's no, there's no money in anything anymore. Everyone runs out of money in the end. When you get that bill for dying. Unlike cowboys, getting a bill for your own death <laughs> is a pretty American invention. <laughs> right, right. Gotta hand it to the Stars and Stripes for that one. Right. <laughs> so, uh, being a cowboy was pretty, like, hazardous. Yeah. Because it was isolated. You didn't have, like, anyone to help you. It was, like, very much, like, you had to be self-reliant. And it was, like, rugged individualism and loneliness and hard scrabble existence. <laughs> and so then that, that kind of started developing into, like, the cowboy kind of music. Where it's, like, the sad cowboy songs. Oh, yeah, the Lonely Boys. And, like, sad cowboy poetry. It was just the main thing was all dudes all the time. And you know what happens sometimes when you have all dudes all the time. A lot of the dudes who end up going to be cowboys are gay. Hey there, Travis. Travis is a good cowboy yeah, name. I don't know. I don't know if I... What would you name your cowboy? Well, th this is what I was going to say is I actually I have a file on my computer... And when I see a good cowboy name, I add it. But the do you have your file? The file is called cowboynames.txt. Do you have the file? Yeah, it's it's on my computer. Let's read it. Is Travis on your list? Amos, Arlo. <laughs> Arlo is a good one, huh? Blake. Blake is kind of like a fancy English guy who who like. But what about Boone? Boone, yeah, it's pretty good. Bronco. That's a horse. Buck. Buck is a good one, huh? Buster. Uh-huh. Butch Carson. Chet. Chet. <laughs> They're alphabetized, by the way. Yeah, I can tell. Clint. <laughs> Cody. Cody's a good one, uh-huh. Colt. Uh-huh. Dale. You already said Dale. I said Dale. That's a good... Dallas. Eli. Eli's a good one. How's that Chuck cooking up, Eli? How's that Chuck cooking up, Cookie? Huck. Oh, I skipped down. I missed Flint. <laughs> Jasper. <laughs> Jeb and Jed. Yeah. Jericho. Josh. I don't think Josh is a... <laughs> I don't think Josh it is. isn't a... <laughs> it's well, you know, I sometimes... Something strikes you a certain way, and you have to add it to cowboy names. <laughs> Maybe he's got impressed by a very southern southern style Josh. Uh, yeah, I may <laughs> I may have met a cowboy called Josh, and I thought that's perfect. But it was just it was just him. <laughs> Knox. Knox. Levi. Levi is a good one. Maverick. Some of these are kind of skewing like two thousand eight baby names. Pete. Pete is like the pretty standard cowboy name, I think. Randy. Randy the Wrangler sounds pretty good to me. Roy. Uh-huh. Shane. <laughs> Shane. That's like a that's like a 80s boy at the roller skating rink name. <laughs> Trace. Trace. It's like a bad kid on the on the dirty side of town. This is like 50-50. In context, you could be if you had cowboys and one said 
Trace and he was talking to the other cowboy. But it's 50-50, like, really good cowboy names and, like, names for Sarah Palin's kids. Right, right. Vern. Vern. Wyatt. Yeah, I think Wyatt's a pretty classic one. Zeke. Zeke. That's a good one. Zeke. Very cowboy. What other professions do you have nameless for? I'm not going to get into it now. <laughs> I keep a lot of data in text files, and I can't reveal everything now. Do you have a? Do you have any spreadsheets about me? I don't have any spreadsheets about you, no. Do you have any computer lists about me? I have had temporary text files before where you have mentioned that you wanted stuff. And so I'll write it down so I can remember it. And then when it's your birthday, I look at the list and then I can get you something you want instead of panicking and getting you an arrow garden or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Works out for me, though, because I'm like, all right. All the stuff I mentioned wanting for the last six months. It's a practice. Sometimes you got to please your wife. I mean, it's the name of the game. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sure there's people out there that just say it's not a true gift unless you just free ball it and panic when you're at Meyer. But those people have never opened a box just full of sun t shirts. (laughs) Because it fucking owns. (laughs) I'm just saying, sometimes you got to please your wife. Not you. You're a wife pleaser. I'm just telling guys listening to the podcast, you should try it. You might find out it works out. Yeah. Be a wife pleaser. When you put it that way, it sounds kind of like a slur. (laughs) What are you, Zeke? Some kind of wife pleaser? (laughs) Do you like cows or do you like wife, Zeke? (laughs) I think you're more interested in making your wife nut than you are these cows. Kicking butt and wife and nut. <laughs> what? It's the cowboy code. It is, I guess so, huh? What did you learn today about cowboys? You know, I was surprised that cowboys didn't last as long as I thought. I I think I always had this image that cowboys were just something that was a tradition for hundreds of years, and really they were only prominent in the way you would think of cowboys for maybe 30 or 40 years, and they only existed for a few decades after. Yeah. So it, I think it's interesting to know that something you see in media still, you still see cowboys. People think about cowboys if you ask people from other countries about America, they'd say cowboy, mm-hmm. right? It's just amazing that it's really, it was really over so fast to flash in the pan like tulip industry, except tulips didn't taste good. <laughs> yeah, I do like eating cows, but I also love cows. I want to pet them. I think if people saw how beautiful cows are, I think a lot more people would have trouble eating meat. Maybe that would be good. I don't know. Hard to say. I like cows. I also like cow meat. I also, when I was eating a lot more meat than I do now, would go and get a half of a cow from a farmer. And this guy always, he had me marked. He knew I was a a big cow head. (laughs) He would always pull me aside and give me trash bags full of extra cow parts nobody wanted. Right. Cow dicks. I never got a cow penis, but I got extra cow tails and a whole cow heart. Cow dicks. The farmer was generally vegetarian, but I think he kept all the parts of the cow that nobody wanted. He gave me this enormous trash bag full of cow parts once, and I was yeah. like, 
sick. And I started to open it. And he goes, oh, no, don't open that here. And I was like, yo. <laughs> and so I stuff it in the trunk. Uh-huh. Anyway, yeah, it turns out to be full of these organs. But I'm talking to the farmer. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I love liver. Most of the time you go to the store and you want to get beef liver. It's already frozen. It's not as good quality. This is fresh. And he was like, oh, yeah, most of these organs, I just keep them for myself. And then one time I was like, hey, you know, do you have sweetbreads? Because sweetbreads is the thymus gland. Uh-huh. And my feeling is with a lot of these animals is you you eat the whole animal. If you're going to eat an animal, you eat the whole thing. There's no reason to take a bunch of the animal and throw it in the trash. And he was like, no, no, I don't have any of those. And finally, it just clicked to me. He definitely took all the thymus glands out of the cows, and he's eating those, but he's also saving the cow's dicks. Yeah. He saved the cow penises and ate them, and perhaps that is the only kind of cowboy left in America today is the man collecting and eating cow dicks. Well, if you haven't subscribed, (laughs) throw us... $5, patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity. You get access to the paid episodes and you get a membership to our secret private Discord. Right, you can be friends with us. We're so nice. And Garbage Brain is sponsored by Harlem Township, Ohio. America's favorite township. With good reason. It's in central Ohio. It's little. And it's beautiful. And babies love it. Babies love Harlem Township. We're also sponsored by Hazel Technologies. Hazel Technologies makes fruit thingers for your fruit. They keep your fruit fresh when you can't. Right, when it's you're, you're left to the cruel hand of the post office. And that is a cruel hand these days. I know the problems I've been having with the post office. <laughs> my, my fruit never gets so fresh. Not until we started using Hazel Technologies. No, now look at this. All my fruit is so fresh. We're at patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. I love you. Good night. Good night.